Welcome back to the grim darkness of the 41st millennium. I'm Inquisitor Temperance Price, keeper of the Inquisition's Black Library, and this is the second volume in a report on the Valentine Heresy, an actual play podcast set in the Genesis adaptation of Warhammer 40k's Dark Heresy RPG. This report features Game Master Ryan Laplante and players Tom McGee as Interrogator Nero Abagnale, Laura Elizabeth as Piper Fairley, Tyler Hewitt as Seth Corbin, and Del Borovic as Sister Rolien Mina. My report shows that the Inquisitorial Band were detained by the Governor's son Graswald, but they learned that his goals align with their own. Piper and Seth regrouped with Abacus to discern what they could from the Governor's intel now at their disposal, while Olien approached Nero with concern about his declining mental state. What will it mean that Nero has had a vision of a blood-soaked Olien and the Eye of Horus? Find out next, in this episode of The Valentine Heresy. A recorded musing of Fabius Bile to himself. The better angels of our nature are long since drowned. Nero, you have just had a bit of a breakdown <laughs> seeing the blood-soaked face of your friend and the Eye of Horus behind her. It quickly flashed away. And Mina, I'm imagining you would say something to try to comfort him as he panics and looks up at you. So I would love to hear the tack you go with for the desperate interrogator on his knees. He, she's definitely going to try to like physically comfort him the best that she can um, and finds herself uncharacteristically at a loss for words, but is is mostly just like, you know, physically holding him. And is this like, the, the mom hug where he's on his knees and you're still standing or are you getting totally, down to his yeah. level? Or? Yeah, like the mom hug, uh, her arms around his shoulders up above kind of and like. Really, really giving him a good hug, though, because she's a strong lady. So, mm. but she's still sort of just reeling from the reaction that he gave. Yes. That would so. be intense. I think I will have you roll me a charm check. Yes, I can do that. Which is presence based. Yeah. Uh, Nero, what is your willpower? <laughs> I'm glad you asked, Ryan. It's two. <laughs> Perfect. It'll be difficulty two because you're trying to comfort him. So I'm making this a, a socially opposed check. Did you um, say two? Yeah, I I'm going to give you a bonus because I think he really wants to be comforted. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to give you a setback because you were a part of his recent hallucination. Oh, boy. Yeah, hmm. that'll happen. Okay. <laughs> Sometimes that's the way it goes. <laughs> yeah, yep. yep, that'll happen. Yeah, I've been part of people's hallucinations many times. Okay, I think I got you presents. Okay. All right. And uh, right now I'm the just... story points, you have three and I have two. No, let's just let's just see how this shakes out. Oh, well, so I see I'm not got... good enough for your story points, huh? <laughs> hey, look. <laughs> good enough. No, it's cool. Look, it's cool. she is very charming. So you're in good hands. So <laughs> saving the story points for when we need to put you down. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um Start so I've got I've got two green, one yellow. Two purple, one blue, and one black. Correct. Though I think if this matters, I have devotional iconography, so I have boost to any charm tests with loyalists. Then yes, nice. this would absolutely count. So I had another boost. Two boosts. There you oh, go. Nice. Be, okay. Be, okay. Be charmed. All right. Let's see. <laughs> Dang it, I got it. It's doing that thing again. The bad roller. All right. <laughs> bad roller. It wants us to know this tension. That's just a little bit yeah. of a warp getting in while you're trying to figure out what to say. This represents your speechlessness. You're just <laughs> relying that, on it, No, it's, it's true. It's like totally the saddest thing is right now. She's like, oh no. Internally, she's thinking like, I may have to talk in about this <laughs> which is like the worst <laughs> the yeah. worst thought possible right now. yeah i was gonna say your fallback would be you did get a card from missionary vicar estevez yes who you that's could also call there if you needed spiritual advice i know it now it's becoming a who who does trust because this was her most trustworthy person so now it's already gone to heck <laughs> okay. oh no i just rolled two threats that's it Two threats. Two threats. Okay. Oh boy. Uh, it's not a complete failure. He he does 
you know, feel a little better. I think you lean forward and, and as you're, you're hugging me, looks up and there's no longer the eye of Horus. There's no longer the burning around it. Uh, however, Nero, every kind of third blink, she's still crying blood. Like it, it's there, it goes away, and then it pops back in that like creepy horror movie kind of shudder way. But if you don't look at her, you feel like you can keep it together. Uh, I feel like you probably know you this. said anything you. about keeping it together, buddy. Oh, I mean, I guess relatively. <laughs> I feel like you don't have to do kneeling and crying, but fair enough. There is that that ongoing threat. Right. Unfortunately, the work of the Inquisition waits for no person's breakdown, uh, which means you're all now ending up back in the central space, knowing you have a few brief hours uh, to take actions to help you with tomorrow's events. There is a challenge inherent in this, which is you have gladiator games. Hmm. And you have your overarching mission uh, to identify and defeat whoever is homo novus of the candidates. Due to the time constraints, you will have to decide whether your action, each of you will have your own. We can combine them in terms of if two people are going to the same neighborhood, that's great. But everyone kind of has their own contribution. Uh, It is easiest if you decide yourselves to be the gladiators. Uh, You might have to talk Warden into fighting so that you can get your team of four. That would allow you to focus kind of all of your efforts on bile or Hmm. identifying genetic templates, trying to make allies. Uh, But that puts all of you in harm's way in the gladiator games on day one of the competition. So those are your competing factors of mission versus I mean, everyone except Piper, right? I don't think anyone thinks she's going to fight. I mean, everyone needs a distraction. You're so friendly that the other gladiators are going to feel real bad about trying to stomp you. And we know Warden will fight extra hard. So like, oh, no, I think one of the thoughts that's that's a possibility. The other thing is each gladiator team is probably run by an owner. Uh, you'd all be familiar with the general blood games. There'd be kind of a coach or owner of the gladiators. So there is the opportunity to kind of assign Piper or whoever you please as the coach, you might have the ability to do some behind-the-scenes things while the games are going on, where people are distracted. Yeah, for the record, entirely kidding. No, Piper, we're in no way putting you in a martial combat scenario. Like, look, cool. I may be, you know, seeing weeping blood. I'm obviously not saying this out loud, but I'll just be in the Tom. look. I'll be Keep in the corner. I'll be in the corner with a bucket and a towel, and it'll all be good. Perfect. I mean, as far as you know, it's not chess boxing, but it could turn out to be <laughs> chess boxing one round. Who knows? Yep, and obviously, uh, I, I say, let, let's let's carry out these conversations in character. Mm, but I think it's a fun okay. way for you all to figure out what you're going to do with your own strengths. Uh, you have the run of the city. You can call down because the front desk now works for you. You have access to cars. Um, right. I will say you only have one rosette of the Inquisition, which is currently with Nero. Uh, it is the only proof that you are actually working with the Inquisition. So. It can be passed from him to someone else if there's someone on a mission where you want it, but only one of you can play the Inquisition card with incontrovertible proof. Right, okay. Unfortunately, I feel like Nero wants that pretty bad for his uh, his conversation uh, with uh, our dear uh, Magus Biologian uh, fella. Um, Ignatius Ironforth. Yes, thank you. I hadn't flipped over my sheet correctly, but we got it now. Um, so, um, Nero would want to keep that, I think, but, um, he'll, uh, he'll just kind of like do that, that quick, like I've been crying, like it, for lack of a better term, the parental post cry, but just like quickly wipes his, his eyes off and just gives thumb up with like tear stained hand, um, slaps Mina on, on the, the shoulder and says, uh, uh, yeah, that was a, that was a good chat. Thank you. Thank you. I so, so inspirational, truly. And then like, I'll just look at you like weeping blood and be like, hmm. Great. This is great. Hey, everybody. Um, so sorry about that. Uh, a little agitated, you know, a lot going on here. Um, but uh, I'm, uh, you know, I got a pretty important date a bit later to try and figure out uh, which of these uh, these uh, folks we met earlier might be, you know, a, a homo novus monster. So um, I'm thinking I go handle that. Uh, and I got to tell you, I don't have a lot of insight on the gladiator sitch. Um, what are you guys thinking about that? Well, I'm personally not too keen to join in on the fighting myself. Uh, Oleanne, are you are you looking to get your hands dirty, or shall we take a step back and perhaps I don't know hire out some muscle? I'm willing to do whatever it takes. If you need me to be there on the forefront, certainly I have my shield and sword. If not, 
I can make myself useful elsewhere. Right. Good. I'm suspicious of uh, Lucia Bain. I think she's too clean, too aspirational. I don't buy that that's solely her game. And there's not much dirt on her, as it would seem. She appears to distance herself from any of her weaknesses. So she's shrewd and tactical, quite smart. I would be keen to see if we can infiltrate or get a closer look at the way she runs her house. Well, I mean, there's... Wait, so what are you suggesting? Like, like we get close to her, like, fight her? And they like, hey, like, literally get close or just, like, not fight and, like, oh, we're going to, like, break into your house? Well, the candidates choose champions for the gladiatorial battle, so if we get in on the gladiatorial fight, we won't have any face-to-face time with her, but perhaps if we select champions or if we offer our services, uh, we may be able to uh, be brought into her house. You do have permission from um, Gazzy, knowing that he wants Lucia to win. You don't have to beat her. So there is a possibility that you could approach saying that you're working for the governor and kind of play them against each other in a way that would make him and you happy anyways. That's definitely on the table. Uh, There'll also be time theoretically during the games to send people to either wander around to visit the other arenas. Uh, And if you've got your own fighters, there probably are some kind of, imagine the sporting events where there's like the weigh-in and the photographs and there's probably some kind of, you know, brunch of some obnoxious, wealthy hive sort where you'll all have a nice meal, but you can also check out who the competition are. Uh, It could be that you want to find your own team. Some of you could want to maybe sabotage another team. Again, it's a pretty open field. I think looking into House Bane of some way is a very interesting choice for Seth. So I think that's a great call. Yeah, Nero will will nod. Um, Also being kind of aware that he's uh, on his back foot a bit, that, you know, the the outburst uh, has likely uh, raised their alarms a little bit. You can see he's like actively trying to be helpful. in kind of a, hey, yeah, th- that was weird. Anyway, let's all move on as fast as possible kind of way. But um, he'll uh, he'll nod and say, um, yeah, you know, Seth, I, I think you're on to something there. This this whole place doesn't strike me as somewhere where good people thrive. What with the whole, you know, eat what you kill. Maybe there's a human option. Oh, but we're against that. But are we kind of thing? So uh, I'm inclined to agree. I don't trust Lucia Bain at all. Uh, not that I think we should trust any of these folks but uh, i think that's a, a wise decision and admittedly since we are working with the governor in kind of her benefit i don't see any reason why we wouldn't go talk but i i'm inclined to agree i think unless uh you know sister mina really wants to get in there and then maybe we could see about just adding her to a team uh i don't uh, i don't think the rest of us should risk it i mean seth you already lost a finger today and that, i know that was pretty rough on you so to, to go straight from that into a, a, a pitch battle doesn't seem like a, a very good call Yes, I'm not interested in a pitch battle with all of my fingers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get that, yeah. And how about you then, Nero? Do you need to, I don't know, is there a bloodletting that you need to do to kind of get your groove back? What, <laughs> yeah, what exactly blood, is going bloodletting, on there? That's, uh, that's, uh, that's, uh, it's, it's funny you choose that term. Uh, bloodletting actually kind of helped. And I'll, like, wink at Sister Mina. Um Fully staring at blood on her face, but obviously you're not feeling it. <laughs> she um, looks very confused by that. <laughs> uh, but I, uh, I'll turn back and say, yeah, no, um, look, I, I feel like I, I owe y'all a bit of an apology uh, for that. Uh, uh, you know, it's something about the um, just, I don't know, over the past little while, just haven't quite been feeling myself, you know, the... Uh, I think it might just be a lingering effect of the hypno casks. Uh, I don't know, but ever since uh, our mission on Traven, I uh, just something, some things aren't sitting quite right for me, I guess. And I'm just trying to sort them out. And unfortunately this place really seems to push a lot of those buttons. So 
No, I'm, uh, you know, eyes on the prize. Uh, you know, we, we gotta, gotta serve the, the Imperium of man. <laughs> um, uh, and so that's what we'll, uh, that's what we'll do. But I do want to warn you all that again, I, I can't stress this enough, uh, with the presence of of one who was present for the heresy in all of this, uh, we we can't fail, and we got to be so careful. Um, so on that note, I'm going to keep the rosette if that's cool with y'all, uh, because I think I've got a pretty good use for it with Ignatius. Um, but I'm curious to hear if any of you need it uh, more, because I also have a gun. So you know, every so often the gun kind of is kind of um. Well, yes. Well, it's a rosette in and of itself, you know. We all have guns, Nero. What's your plan with Ignatius? Well, we need uh, access to those uh, genetic files, right, in order to figure out uh, right. who Homonovus is. And unfortunately, it seems to me, looking at all those 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 folks up there on the stage, any one of them could be, you know, genetically engineered super monster. Um, but also, this whole place, uh, all the rich folks seem to have. I mean, just look at Pettis. Right, like the odds, I think of of us encountering these uh, genetically engineered uh, Homo Novus fellows uh, around. It, it's high, so <clears throat> you know I don't wear this for the fashion because, quite frankly, I think it's god awful. And I'll point at my gauntlet, um, and I'll be like, "But uh, I do wear it for function, and we we need to be certain about some things uh, before we start pulling specific triggers." And I'll like look at Mina, um, and uh, I'll say, "And I know Piper can offer us some of that by digging around inside people's minds, but I'm just worried about what might already be imprinted there." Right? I mean, how do any of us really know? <laughs> Uh, with technology like what we've seen, uh, what, what's real. So I want to get those samples one way or another. Um, I'm planning on, uh, we have a good rapport going, and if he's willing to just share out of curiosity, fantastic. If not, I bet he'll be willing to share with the Inquisition. And if not, I bet his genetic code will be willing to share with whatever scanners are in there in order to open up the information, which is where the gun comes in. Well, it sounds like you have it all figured out. I'm just taking a page out of your book, Seth, you know, just get in there, get the answers uh, any way possible, right? I think Piper and, and Sister Mina, you've both been politely watching them have this weird conversation, but several times Nero has just spoken about how, oh, Piper will just reach into people's minds and, oh, Mina, you know how you love blood. Oh. Um, <laughs> I feel like with them having hashed their bit out, you both kind of have to dive into volunteer, like, I think I'm going to do this just to label what your actual tasks are. So wh where do you guys think you're at? Well, I mean, to, to be clear, like I'm not going into anyone's mind, like right now, like, honestly, like if I go into someone's mind, like we're all fucked. Right. The cultists, right? Well, right. and also like, they'll just know like where I, they'll know who I am. Like they'll like fucking come after me. Yeah, and that's great. All of you by extension. Yeah. So I'm sorry, but like, I'm not going to be useful in that capacity uh, for the time being. Piper, could you roll me, um, let's say, do, do you have a knowledge of, of some kind of imperial? I have society? scholastic lore and forbidden lore. That's, um, I mean, I could with, just do a common lore check if you want. Uh, no, let's go with forbidden lore. That feels right to me. Okay. Um, difficulty. I'm going to say one, but I'm going to spend a story point to, a story point to update that die to upgrade gotcha. it to, to a red, just because I don't I don't want to give it to you totally for free. I want there to be some risk in this, but right. Um, this isn't a check about the warp, is it? Um, <laughs> face. <laughs> I'm going to say no on this. Ah, one. Yes. This one's okay. more just general societal knowledge. I will give you one boost because I think this this would be. If if it comes to you, it would seem self-evident. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. I'll roll. I'm just looking forward to the the future instances of like, hey, rolling to find street food. I mean, you know, street food exists in the warp. So <laughs> I'm just saying, maybe a warp check to find the best hot dog stand. <laughs> oh my god, street food is people. No, <laughs> no. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Unfortunately, it only works for forbidden and scholastic lore checks, but um, mm. three successes and three advantages. Awesome. Uh, you are pretty sure that if you went to the Arbite and spoke to Chastener Bokatan, who you'd seen at the dinner, being yes. an astropath, you're relatively important as an asset. And if you were sensing mm. cults, he could give you info on if they were present, who's present, what to watch out for. 
So you could confirm your feeling or confirm whether or not it's oh, okay, true yeah. in a more tactical sense if you wanted to. All right. Um, and I think I'll say, um, uh, Seth, I saw you talking to, are you talking to the Chasener Bokatan? Uh, yes. You I got some kind it, of rapport going with him, no? I would not call it a rapport, no. All right. So maybe that's something that I should do without you. I'm just thinking maybe. I go to him. Like we get another, like someone on our side to be like, oh yeah, fucking cultists are bad. Yes. As long as you go under the pretense of uh, a different identity. He watched us both eat a person. Oh shit. That's true. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to have to go as a different astropath, even though I just learned well, shit, that we got like basically one astropath on the planet and the, the rest many are, faces. Oh, dear Lord. Of the Empire at our disposal. And he'll just gesture to like our case of differing like outfits and like prosthetics and stuff like that. Yeah, it, it's it's yeah. the size of there are almost four wardrobes that have been wheeled in. They're portable, but they're big enough. It's almost a walk in closet for each of you in terms of outfits. Yeah, I actually have disguise kit. And like my gear. Oh, perfect. So I can conceal my true identity. Um, I, yeah. Which basically give, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I have something for this. So, um, yeah. So, so maybe like I should just like approach him as like someone who's come from like somewhere else to warn him. Maybe I should take the rosette. Um, well, Nero, that would leave the gun then. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, certainly an option. Uh, I guess my question is, uh, what do we need more right now? Do we need, uh, the genetic info on, uh, all of the, uh, the candidates? Uh, we could get that from the Arbides as well as, uh, as Gazzy told us. So, you know, we've got options here. I'm just curious, um, who we think we've got better odds with. Uh, I mean, Seth, it sounds like you had a pretty bad time with the Arbites. Um, but, I mean, Piper, you bring up a pretty good point. No one likes cultists, right? Um, I mean, why uh, not? Do we just do one then the other? We only have time to, I think we got to hit well, all these at the same time or else Gladiator, we're at Gladiator or Clock. Unless we're not actively involved in the games. If someone else is managing our team uh, and I... I like kind of like look to Seth, but then turn to look to, to Sister Mina, and then like look to Warden, um, and then just catch myself in the mirror, and I'm like, probably me. Uh, if someone else <laughs> is running the the Gladiator games, uh, then then maybe you could slip away. Since uh, I mean, forgive me if I'm overstepping here, Piper. But I don't really think you're you're going to want to be too involved closely in that. Am I right? Well, I think that goes without saying. Okay, then I won't say it. So here's what I'm thinking. Uh, why don't I go talk to Ignatius tonight? I'll take the uh, the rosette. Um, we'll see where we can get. Um, if I strike out and, you know, if I waste too much of his genetic material with the gunshot wound, if we get to that, uh, then our only chance will be the Arbites. But if we try and do them both at the same time and we only have one rosette and both of them need the rosette, then I think we're kind of pooched. So... Does that work for you, Piper? Do you think we'll just split it up? Once we get the gladiator game up and going, you can sneak away, go talk to the Arbites, take the rosette with you, get it all going. I mean, I suppose. I kind of wanted to get this done tonight. Like, right, the sooner well then, the better. Great. You know what? Sister, I'll just shoot. Sister. I'll shoot the geneticist. It's fine. I just take the rosette out and throw it on the table. I'm like, it's fine. I'll use my natural inborn charm and my gun. Nero, perhaps I should go with you in case that ends up being an issue. Fantastic. Who needs a gun when you have Amina? Hi, friends. It's Ryan here, your resident producer with Dum Dums and Dice. And I also 
voice characters that you've heard in IGM Season 2, and I am here to invite you to help support us producing this show and all of our other shows through our Patreon for Dum Dums and Dice. You can go to patreon.com slash dumdumdice and support us today, and it makes a world of difference. Plus, if you join, you get exciting things. We have a fan-exclusive Discord. We do weekly tableside video chats. You get advanced access to episodes and the videos before the rest of the public do. You can submit names for places, people, and things that pop up in the shows. You can create your own NPCs that interact with our parties on an ongoing basis. You can get special thank yous. Heck, if you if you want, we can even do one-shot adventures with you or start up a series with you. Just patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Please support us today. It will save us from a grim, dark future so we can keep making a show for you in a grim, dark future. And then I still, like, put the gun together and holster it. Fabulous. So, Mina, knowing you're going with Nero to prevent him, I don't know, just shooting the entire Adeptus Mechanicus, uh, what is your plan? It seems like no one else is working on the Gladiator Games angle tonight, which means at this point, you're kind of stuck with it. So how are you going to combine that with this trip to the Adeptus Mechanicus? Man, um... I know being the same yeah. as party member could be a real problem. Yeah, it's it's a toughie. So I think, man, I don't know if I can even do this. She definitely would try to figure out, I guess, hiring some people. But I also feel like Mina is so disturbed by everything that has gone on. I don't feel like she's sleeping tonight. That's like, maybe it, I, that will make her fucked for tomorrow. But like, think she's just going to stay up all night and try and figure shit out and pray a lot because it's not a good time right now. So Fair she's enough. going to help with Nero. And then when she gets back, I guess she has to make some calls about trying to get together a team. She's also going to be like, Warden, do whatever you can. In the meantime, <laughs> you got to bleep bloop some people, see what you can do. <laughs> it's like we're we're left with the rope at this point. So fabulous! Out of the corner of your eye, you do see a blinking light on the encoded voxcaster that was given to you by House Cologne. Do you go over and answer it? Yes. While they're all talking, I guess the most exasperated. Hello. Yes, this is the governor. Uh, well, I mean, the governor said we don't need to step into this. Basically, there was something that was just rammed through in terms of the rulings over these games. But each of the merit adoptees and myself are allowed to call in one favor from one of the various divisions of Imperial servants over the course of the games. So if there's something where you need somebody to just take care of a problem for you, you kind of get one gimme as a helper. Oh. So if you need a favor, you can go to the mechanicus, just drop my name. If you give them this code and he just gives you like a, it's a series of binary that you can put on your slate. But if you plug it into any of those, it's like administratum, mercantile, whatever you need, show them that and they'll be required to help you. You get to use one over the course of the three games. Oh, well, that's, that is wonderful. Emperor bless. Great. Uh, good, good luck. I've got to go try to keep this whole thing. What are you doing over there? I don't know. And you just hear him like hang up, uh, clearly having to jump she back. She like reels from the <laughs> sudden change. Of I will draw my pistol and point it at the Voxcaster when I see her reel away and just like hold. And then I realize there aren't spooky voices coming out of it and just very slowly, well, glaring at it, put the gun back at my holster. Oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> So it sounds like we have coherent plans for everyone. Seth is going to try to infiltrate or at least find out more about House Bane and specifically Lucia Bane. Piper, you are heading towards the Arbites Fortress Precinct in the hope of getting to chat with Chasener Bo-Katan. You have the rosette to be able to swing around, so that's there. Uh, and then we have Nero and Mina who are approaching the Adeptus Mechanicus to talk with Ignatius Ironforth and maybe or maybe not use the code Mina now has to call in favors for the Gladiator games or save for later. Maybe guns and words can do it. You know, it's the classic words, guns, rosette. It's the rock, paper, scissors <laughs> of the Inquisition. Uh, <laughs> you call downstairs uh, and, and a new voice picks up. It's not the kind of distant, confused 
didn't give a shit uh, guy that you'd seen at the front desk who'd been hired. It's a it's a smaller voice of a woman. She sounds a little mousy, you would imagine. You don't you've never seen her. She can't see you. It's a very traditional kind of phone setup. It's so quaint for 40k to just have <laughs> old pearl handled kind of twist style <laughs> phones, but that's it. And she's just like, yes, yes, hello, I'm I'm Eve Nelm. Happy, happy to assist you, however you need. I, I can clean your quarters, but only when requested. That was made very clear to me by the governor. Uh, yes, you, you, you need three cars? Is this, is this true? I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, hey, yeah, yeah, sorry. I'm just really thrown off by how fancy this phone is. This is, this is a, this is a thing of beauty. Um, hey, what's, uh, what's your name, by the way? My name is Eve Nelm. Eve Nelm. Eve Nelm. Hey. Good to good to meet you, Eve. Listen, uh, yeah, we're gonna need uh, uh, three of your cars, and of course, as I'm sure you've already been briefed, uh, we don't like to make our presence here too known. So, if you could just kind of keep this between us, Eve, that would be uh, that'd be much appreciated. Yes, ab- absolutely, absolutely. I'll, I'll have um, I'll ha- I have some I have some cousins I can have do the driving. Uh, I can keep the payment off the books, so no one will know. Very trustworthy. I'm very trustworthy. Don't worry, I won't take my blindfold off. Uh, no one will see anything in this whole building. I'll figure it out. Oh, that's great, Eve. I'd hate to have to learn another name. So yeah, that's great. Uh, three cars. Um, much appreciated. Uh, appreciate you. Thanks. And I'll just hang up. Wonderful. So you you can all, I'm imagining you switch back to your own gear. Are you switching into mm-hmm. new costumes? What's your vibe for your jaunt about town? Well, Olean is definitely putting her whole armor and everything back on and then just the big cloak. So she's got armor, sword, shield, everything in case shit goes sideways. Nice. For your cloak, religion out or religion in? Religion in still. <laughs> right. Or, or spooky mode. Yeah, you'd seen enough armed people on the streets that carrying your weapons would not be out of place uh, from what you've seen of, of the yep. proto And I feel like the way that she carries her weapons is that she, she ninja turtles it. So she's got a big shield on her back. So she just looks big. Mm-hmm. Like it, you can't tell that. It, I mean, you, the shape is shieldy, but with the cloak on at a glance, you're not going to see a weapon on her on her hip or anything because the sword and the shield are also like made to go together. So I feel like the sword just goes in the shield back there. And then she's nice. there. Piper. Um, I think what I'll do is I'll use my disguise kit um, to basically, I have kind of like a, basically I got a pair of pants that will like <laughs> let me hide my bionic leg, which I'm not generally concerned about. Like it, um, it's not out of place. Yeah. Y- you know what I mean? Um, so, and I, I have like dyes and things available. So I think I will do just like a basic, like kind of like a basic dye job on my hair and just like make it like kind of like a dirty brown, like dirty middle brown that just no one would notice. Yep. Um, and, um, and I think I will, and I've got like vocal augmenters too. So I think I'll just make my voice like a little bit lower in the cool. hopes that, yeah. <laughs> I, I did a lot of talking, I kind of realized when we were like at the dinner. And yeah, there, there's, I'm just like, oh shit, I just got to change as much as possible. So I think that's what I'm going to do. Um, and then just like a white kind of cape over over everything. Cool. Are you doing anything uh, with your eyes or are you just going to play an astropath? No, because I'm going to play an astropath. Perfect. Um, so that I can keep. Seth, are you do are you wearing anything in particular? You're dressed as an Amasek stained red yeah. Imperial servant. That shit is like, <laughs> he's throwing that like outfit like on the floor just because the whole fucking night. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, and he's into his sort of like regular operation clothes. Um, so he's wearing his armor with the big coat over it. Um, and he's going to uh, basically come come to Lucia as Seth Corbin, um, but with the basically the backstory of he's a political fixer, um, and he's going to help ensure that she wins this this campaign, and that he basically is coming uh, now because the governor's son sees her as the best potential candidate. So, so a lot you're of truth gonna... in it, but. But coming from not like an inquisitor, an inquisitor or anything like that, he's just a, he's a fixer, so he's here to basically help her out. So you were sent by the governor yeah. to help fix. Yeah. Okay, I will say that'll be a very strong cover story for you with all the info you have on the governor. You have access to every one of his private codes, so yeah. you don't have to like 
forge a document that says the governor's sending me, you basically can put his signature and seal on anything that you need. So okay. and that's I, definitely I would, doable. I would want to carry in as like proof of my credentials some 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 material that he has already kind of investigated her. Basically, I just want to take his hard work and pretend like it's mine and say like, well, I've already discovered this, this, and this about you in my own research and you and you didn't know I existed and now here I am. Yeah, I'd say your room has a server in, uh, like a servo scrivener. Mm. It's a servitor that you can plug a data slate into and it just writes on vellum using like an ink and a quill. It's got two hands. They both do half the page. It's really disturbing, but also satisfying to watch. Mm. Uh, So it can print out a dossier for you um, before you head out. So you'll actually have a physical copy you can hand over in person. Nero, what are you going to be wearing for this journey? So I'm switching back to my coat. Uh, or well, I mean, I'm still wearing my coat, but I'll I'll give it a quick spritz to get the uh, the booze off it. Um, I'm uh, admittedly still kind of rough um, from from all the drinking he's been doing, um, but I'm going to switch back into um, much uh, uh, dropping the flamboyant like you know Austin Powers business, and um, instead just back to my sort of classic not uh, nondescript almost. Um, uh, I think it's it's literally like the, it's a dark gray uh, dark gray jacket, um, but underneath almost tactical clothing, like just nice and and very muted, staying the hell away from all the major colors we've seen out and about. <laughs> um, but almost like the kind of shit Han Solo wears under his vest, where it's just like this is a shirt. It's kind of a Henley, but not quite. Um, it is uh, of course hiding my my body glove, which I'm wearing under under it at all times. But trying to look as uh, as sort of like um, casual, yeah, just kind of like casual man in a coat as possible, rather than like big important person in coat. Um, so just a little more scaled down, um, in a way that will, I'm sure, stand out as strange to the various people we've seen because everyone is so factional on this planet. I feel like we'll still look like outsiders, but trying to look like a an outsider who's just a professional who does a job rather than an outsider who is, you know, has status or anything like that ilk. Great. So Nero and Mina, you head out first. I think Nero, because you're trying to focus on the mission and stop seeing bleeding people in your head. And Mina, because you cannot take your eyes off Nero. Clearly oh, yeah. there is something dangerous here. Yeah. Um, Seth, you're getting your, your auto scrivener done before you take your dossier. Piper, you get yourself all kitted up and ready to go. Mm-hmm. Seth, can you roll me a streetwise at difficulty, I'm going to say four. Ooh. Difficulty four. Um, I'm going to give you a boost because you're clever, and I'm going to give you a setback because you're clearly distracted. And there is value to giving both of those instead of canceling them out. It just makes the die rolls different numbers. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Yeah, no, it's, it's more important. Streetwise is cunning. Okay, so that's... Okay. Um... May I ask what I'm rolling for? No. Okay. <laughs> no, no, that's that's perfectly uh, fair it's, answer it's, well. it's, it's to notice something, but I think it would be a streetwise rather than perception because you're not looking for it. It comes that's, down to your ability to track the moving totally parts. totally fine. If there are roles where it's just kind of like... Yeah, and I like to be clear, I don't mind you that I that I'm able to pull something off. That's fine. Basically, you're you're caught up in what you're doing, and it's whether or not you notice something in one of the other group's plans in time to tell them about it. Well, I'll tell you what, buddy. I sure don't. Uh, one failure, one threat. <laughs> Fabulous. Oh, no. uh, oh, you're really focusing to make sure that there aren't issues with that auto scrivener because you're aware that if this servitor fucks this up, you will look really stupid if on page two all of a sudden it's blending reports and doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, because. You actually have all the good materials, which means you kind of have to be extra careful as a forager to make sure that they don't fail you. Yeah. Um, so, Piper, you head downstairs with Warden, uh, and Seth, you follow. There are, it turns out there are ground cars waiting for you. You're staggered enough that you don't go out at the same time. Uh, Eve Nuln is a, an, an elder woman. Just kind of think Mrs. Doubtfire-ish, kind of in the <laughs> overall vibe. She's wearing like a paisley dress, clearly from home. She's not house-affiliated in her gear. Uh, she's there, and she's just just waving towards the cars, just saying, you know, have a nice time, have a nice time. But she keeps saying it even after you're gone, so it's clear she can't hear when the door is opening and closing. And she has a blindfold on, so she's just blind, just gesturing wow. you towards them. Um, the cars that you get into are still 
the limo-based ground car design. They're a little bit lower quality, clearly. They're not trying to make you look fancy. You would just look like kind of an upstanding citizen from what you'd seen on the roads. You could be involved with one of the houses. You could be a guilder. You could be a mercantile. They're generic. They don't have the flags on them that you'd seen for some of the top vehicles. The divider is up. It is pitch black and clearly cannot be seen through, and it does not come down. Eve's cousins want fucking nothing to do with whatever you are doing. Uh, They only speak to you basically through a a small little Vox grill that's beside you in the the way of the 80s intercom. If they have a question, they can hit that or you can give them instructions. Uh, You all end up taking cars exactly like this. The process is exactly the same. You're just a few minutes apart as you go. In the city, normally I would just try to figure out who gets where first, but I actually know how far you are from everything. So you are heading to the Fortress Precinct. All right, so the first people to arrive will be Team Mechanicus because you are just heading one, um, one, you're in the wall section that's already attached. VIP housing is the spire section of the Mechanicus. Uh, Piper, it's going to be a bit for you because you have to travel basically around the spire to the Arbites Fortress Precinct. It's built into the spire. Uh, and then last but not least will be our main man, Seth, because he actually has to take a conveyance around the entirety of the spire to the opposite side and out into the city to reach House Bane. Um, the Mechanicus and House Bane both have an entire spoke of the wheel that is dedicated to them. So mm-hmm. as you leave the spire, you, you see kind of the big housing. The Fortress Precinct is in a spire district that's just all enforcers. Uh, you're pulling through the Mechanicus stronghold, uh, Nero and Sister Mina. Sister Mina and Seth are on in a row on my sheet, so I just see S's and then panic every time, but I know who you are. Uh, but Nero and Sister Mina, you're, you're driving through. Clearly, there is a lot of Mechanicus activity. You're not used to actually Mechanicus having this much dedicated space on something outside of a Forge world. But with the amount of terraforming that's going on, with their interest in prom and knowing that's fueling a lot of Mechanicus interest elsewhere, it's not totally surprising that they have this level of involvement. However, you're not seeing a whole lot of citizens on the street in the Mechanicus stronghold. You're seeing a lot of Skitari, you're seeing a lot of tech adepts, you're seeing a a couple low-level people, but there's still a lot more cybernetically enhanced than you would expect of the individual population. This may actually be, from what you'd probably assume, the equivalent of a small Forge World section. Hmm. So the Hive is clearly technologically there. Terraforming is incredibly expensive, so it is not surprising to you that they would be heavily investing because it usually in the Imperium, it's easier to just find different worlds and you just go like, oh, that one's fine. Because with the power of the warp, being a few systems away is not actually different. However, the Prometheum here is so kind of voluminous and it's in areas where it's feeding like the Sabbat Crusade and a number of other major crusades that having this here and having this much value is really important and they need it now. So they're investing heavily. The majority of the buildings appear to be residential meets factorum. It seems like kind of three factorums to one kind of hab block is the average Mm -hmm. as you go through here. But you're heading towards a taller structure at dead center. It seems like each of the spokes has the central larger building that's designed to be scaled up within the hive in advance. This is the Mechanicus stronghold at the center of the entire structure. You hear the Vox come on next to you and you just hear like, Hi, uh, my aunt said you wanted to go to the Mechanicus. Uh, do you want me to drop you off like at the front door or a little bit away and just park? Just whatever you want. I, I, I won't see anything. <laughs> have, uh, have you been driving with a blindfold on this whole time? Uh, there's an auto drive function that I let do most of the driving, but I make sure that it, it starts and I'll make sure we stop exactly where you want. That's, uh, that's really impressive. Uh, I really appreciate you. That's great. Uh, yeah, if you could uh, just let us out, I think, at the uh, the front door. We've got an appointment, so we don't really need to skulk uh, so much. Uh, Sister Mina, you all right with that? Of course, whatever you say. I see that's a dangerous precedent, but uh, I, I like it. That's great. Yeah, take us to the front door, please. Great, great. Just a second, just a second. Uh, please don't get out of the car yet. I have to take my blindfold off to park. Uh, <laughs> you just you see the car slow down and pull up in front of the equivalent of what you would expect for a basilica of the ecclesiarchy. Mm. It's that, but it's all machines. And it clearly is covered in pistons and other moving parts that serve no purpose other than to use power and burn oil and exalt the majesty of the machine God for the more complicated a being is the greater it's machine spirit. 
Yeah, I'm just throwing dogs. up the horns. I was literally just about to go like, so fucking 40k, man. Yeah. <laughs> skulls and cogs, baby. Skulls and cogs. <laughs> yeah, you both climb out of the, the car after it's stopped. You look in and see that, yeah, they, there there is like a 16-year-old kid who's very gangly and he has a blindfold on, just sitting perfectly still, white knuckles clenched on the wheel. Uh, you realize he actually didn't set up a way to know when you were gone, so he's probably just going to stay parked here with his blindfold on until mm-hmm. you come back, unless you want him to do something else, but that might be useful. Mm-hmm. If you're uh, ready to go, then you can just stroll yeah, to the Yeah, I'll building. say... Uh, Listen, uh, kid, you can, uh, someone might come along and and need the parking spot, you know, Uh, and I don't want you to get hassled because you're just sitting here with a blindfold on or draw attention because you're, you know, sitting here with a blindfold on. So um, I tell you what, you're going to give us uh, a count of uh, 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 20 ultramarinians, as as I'm sure they taught you at the, wherever the fuck they teach you here. So just count to 20 ultramarinians and think of your favorite blue clad heroes of the Imperium. Uh, and then I want you to take the blindfold off and you're going to look to your left and only to your left as we get out the right. Uh, so when you hear the door slam, just give me those ultramarinians. Just, just, you know, close your eyes and think of Gulliman, right? Uh, we're going to head up the stairs. When we come back, you're going to hear the door slam in the back. Just keep looking left, looking left, my man, and everything's going to be all right for you, okay? Okay, sir. He says through the closed window, but he heard you, so it works. Yep. Um, and, uh, I, uh, turn to, um, sister Mina and I'll say, Hey, um, look, I'm sorry. I didn't uh, tell him to, to count with, uh, you know, any, uh, sisters of battle or anything else. I just figured I'd pick the most obvious, glaringly obvious Imperium symbol. You know, I respect, uh, you and your sisters more than any of those blue clad clowns, right? Of course that's important right now. Right. Okay. Uh, <laughs> oddly specific. All right. Let's go talk to a biologist. And um, with that, uh, I'll you know give, give my my coat a quick like bane tug uh, on the lapels and um, start making my way uh, up up the stairs uh, with purpose. Very much walking like a man who has an appointment and expects uh, to be able to meet it. Approaching the front doors, there are a number of Skitari and other tech guard there. You're seeing they have red robes, but they're more a cape with a hood that clasps in the front. And then a heavily flak-armored, cybernetically enhanced form. Full face masks. You cannot tell if it's built into their skull or if they're wearing goggles and some kind of structure to add targeting arrays. They're as armed as you would expect. This is a last gun crowd leaning towards hell guns. You can't entirely tell. Mechanicus usually have their own models of things. But it doesn't seem like they're overly paranoid. This is just traditional. The Mechanicus is able to upgun everything because Mm. no one can tell them not to. You feel like you might have to go through, but one of them just holds out a hand uh, that ends in a stump. There's actually no hand. It's just the end of a forearm with the equivalent of a USB key slot. And you realize that as it blurts at you and blah, 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 just binary it can't, uh, you can plug in a data slate. Uh, and if you've got an appointment with Ignatius Ironforth, it probably should just get you through. This seems like the bouncer of the event. Sure. Yeah. So I will do that. I assume we've got some temporary data slates that we likely would have. I don't think Seth yeah. would have let us carry like our personal, like, you know, it's, oh, it's my laptop full of my writings, <laughs> like to the dinner party. So I'll take the, um, uh, I think the, we'll treat, yeah, we'll treat slates kind of like, oh, it's your cell phone. There's like the one back at home. Yeah, that's fantastic. Your, your tablet. That's super useful. So this is my, uh, my neuro Forsyth uh, alias phone, um, from, uh, from earlier. Uh, so very much still with the clean energy collective credentials and everything else. Um, and, uh, I'll make sure to give him that one. Cause I also want that information to actually register for the Mechanicum. Um, mm-hmm. so I'll, uh, I'll hand him that and, uh, just kind of like look at his, the, the blank metallic face, um, and just kind of choose where I think eyes are and give it like a, a nod. Uh, it holds perfectly still and doesn't respond. The rest of them stand with targeting lasers from their left eyes directly on your torsos. They're either aimed chest, head, or for some reason you both have one on your groins and you don't know why. This may just have been an intimidation thing they programmed in, but you're not sure. It's working. A moment later, you just hear a loud ding like your toast is done. 
and they all, as one, step back and march aside as the giant cog-wheeled doors with interlocking teeth from top to bottom just spread with like loud grinding gears that you know are done that way on purpose because the Mechanicum have more than enough fucking oil that they would have some guy whose only purpose was to oil this door. Instead, they want you to hear the grinding of metal uh, and you enter the massive cathedral to the machine. Meanwhile, Seth, you have gone across the circle to the far side uh, you're you're looking at a ton of blue buildings. Everything is covered in blue flags, blue pennants, all of those kind of things. What is your plan? There's a central structure, as you've seen from the other spokes as you're traveling around. That's clearly the Bane Fortress stronghold. Are you going there? Are you planning to go somewhere nearby and try to talk someone into taking you? What's your strategy? Uh, I think front door of the Fortress stronghold. I think treating it like a business transaction, like I'm, I've been hired to help you. Um, just to be as upfront about it um, as possible would be the best course of action. All righty. So your car just kind of rolls along. Uh, you, you hear your little intercom go, and it's like, hi, uh, my, my, my cousin said I'm supposed to drive you around. Uh, do you, you just want to go up front, right? Yes, house bang front door, please. You got it. Uh, don't come out. I got to keep a blindfold on until I know you're out or whatever. Just knock when you leave uh, and I'll count to like, I don't know, a hundred and then park somewhere nearby and wait. No response. Uh, Seth is just like, yeah, whatever your method, your, <laughs> whatever your thing is, kid. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Please, please don't mind wipe me. I know you're really important. Uh, and then your car just rolls to a stop in front of the Bane stronghold. Uh, it's actually made out of a blue stone. It's in the same sort of Gothic architecture of the Citadel at the center of the spire. You can see that there are clear aspirations here of like, look, we have the same mm. thing and it's almost as tall in the sense that they were probably prevented from building something taller by code. So if it were up to them, they'd have the <laughs> tallest thing. But it's that, like, you can't cast a shadow on the Citadel kind of rule. Uh, as you stride up to the front door, there are a number of armed guards out front. They're highly capable. You notice that these are more heavily armed than the Spire Guard you've seen or the other PDF, Planetary Defense Forces, that you've seen walking through the streets. These are straight up imperial class stormtroopers like full military carapace carapace style helms with the lenses in the front clearly for night vision all wearing hell guns uh and the only thing separating an officer from the rest is a small piece of gold braiding uh just along uh, the the left epaulette on them which for you is actually kind of a thumbs up because a lot of the Imperial forces are kind of dumb and it's like, well, the sergeant is going to have no helmet and a face exposed to the wind, which is sort of like, hey, shoot that guy and you're going to do great. Right. Whereas this is clearly subtle enough that you could only spot the officer from a few feet away. Mm. Not even a sniper scope would pick this up. The, the It's not terribly reflective. Mm. Uh, but it does mean you know who to approach with your massive dossier kind of in one arm yeah, uh, and and how do you want to make that approach? They all spot you when you're approaching, but no one points a weapon at you yet. Yeah, confidently, um, one arm, you know, holding the dossier together, and another one just kind of up, like hello, waving hello, but also nothing in my hand. <laughs> um, uh, and I would uh, approach the sergeant and say, um, "Hello, my name is Seth Corbin. I've been sent here by Governor Cologne to speak to Lucia Bain. No appointment, I'm afraid, but." She's very, she's very much going to want to see what I have here under my arm. What is it you have? Uh, the voice is filtered through the helmet. It's clearly coming through a speaker. It's got a little of that crackle to it. It's a file uh, containing the results of my investigation, uh, covert, of course, into this entire house and Lucia's campaign for the governorship. You see, I'm a fixer and... I was originally hired by the governor to ensure his victory. And when I told him that simply was not possible, he asked me to assist the candidate that would make his transition as comfortable as possible. You hear the whine of several of the hell guns around you starting to power up. And the sergeant says, you're telling me drooling rancid sent some kind of fixer because he wanted to elect himself? I mean, the crazy part sounds right to that, but I'm not following the whole story. 
Look, the story's like this. We all know that Lucia Bain wants unity and things like that, right? The other two candidates are quite divisive and combative. That means a rather tumultuous exit from office for the governor. He knows he's going to lose. Yeah, he knows he's going to lose. He wants to lose and keep his life, keep his son's life, these sorts of things. And of course, I didn't get this crystal clear request from him, no. All the people who work for him, who would probably be executed or thrown out into the street, would like to keep some semblance of their livelihood. Awesome. Uh, do you have coercion or deception? What's your What's your strength? Deception. <laughs> okay, yeah. This, this feels like you've got a good deception anyways. I would have leaned there. I just would have been like, if you were leaning on the scares, you could have done it. Yeah, let's do deception. That feels uh, pretty solid. I'm going to say it's difficulty three, just because you're trying to talk your way past the door mm-hmm. with paperwork that I think these guys... You'd have your own entrance if you kind of called ahead, they'd probably think. Yeah. Uh, I will give you a boost because I think the pitch makes sense mm-hmm. uh, and would be coherent enough. And they are aware that this conversation is like the sergeant would know this is above his pay grade. Uh, is there any other way you would want to affect this? Uh, let me have a quick look. Um, now, here's a question. My etiquette might come into play here, but I don't know what class these gentlemen are. Um, I would qualify them as low. Okay. I think high class for the sake of our sanity will be like highfalutin imperial servants or members of the houses themselves. These guys, there was a chance they were high class, but these are clearly staff. Like they're not, okay. you know, then I would the leverage, loyalists. Then I would, I would argue for a boost under my etiquette when dealing with low class because I think I would basically lean more into everyone that this clearly deranged like leader and fail son uh has is in charge of they like all of their livelihoods depend on like a smooth transition so it's like everyone who works under this guy has a lot on the line i think is what seth would kind of like lean into to leverage the low class um etiquette boost i'm assuming you also didn't bring any of your weapons (coughs) excuse me for this no he wouldn't bring his weapons he is dressed in like his his plate, um, mm-hmm. but also like with the jacket over and stuff like that, just so that if someone roughs him up or something like that, he can at least get away with his life. But no, he's not bringing his guns. Yeah, no, this, I, I would say yes, you get that die. Because I think also okay. you attacked the other candidates and talked about how you all want this to just make sense. And I think yeah. these guys would be horrified by the shit they're hearing from the other campaigns. It's clear if somebody else wins, House Bane is getting fucking stomped. Mm. Okay, in that case, I believe I have my die pool ready to go. Go for it. Two successes, two advantages. Nice. The sergeant looks to the other ones and you hear over the crackle of his speaker just, I told you the governor was a genius under there. He's just playing dumb. It's the only way he'd stay in charge this long. All right, pat him down. Uh, and the rest of them come forwards and and pat you down and make sure that you're you're kind of clear of weapons there, Seth. And you see one of the other soldiers just cursing, hand like a 20 throne note over to the sergeant over <laughs> this bet that they've apparently had standing over the governor's capabilities. And you are actually walked in through a small side door. They don't bother to open the giant metallic door that's clearly barred from the inside. They actually have a little heavily fortified, but just a side door that someone opens from the inside and you're escorted through there into mm-hmm. the Bane Fortress. And then Piper... You and Warden are driven, and you actually just get dropped off. It seems like you may have gotten the smartest cousin of the Nuln family uh, who who drops off. And just the moment you're dropped off, they peel away. Uh, but you realize as you look down, as a piece of small piece of vellum flutters down, there's just a, a summoning code for a, a short-range Vox, Bead, or your data slate. So you can just send it to them, and they'll pull back up and around. If you could, this is the cousin you would give a raise. Uh, oh, but yeah. they're gone. You are facing an Imperial Fortress precinct. This is a combination of a combat bunker meets a castle meets the world's most intimidating jail. Uh, it Fine. towers six to somewhere between six to eight. You legitimately can't tell from where you're standing. Uh, it's the fascistic architecture designed to intimidate. Every window is barred. Every corner and you know crenolin of the whole structure are all barbed wired. There are searchlights in that creepy old school prison way lighting the streets nearby. Uh, and as you march up to the front, you see that there are those large concrete dividers clearly intended to prevent street vehicles from ramming the structure. This is the first building you've seen that seems to think regular civilians will be an active threat. 
where they're ready for just if the population throws down or an army comes at it, this place is ready. Everything functions. There are a team of four uh, enforcers waiting at the doors. None of them are full Arbites, which doesn't surprise you. There tend not to be a ton of traditional Arbites in any system. There's a lot of local help. Uh, they tend not to send too many people who are you know, qualified and empowered to shoot the governor in the head if there's a problem. Because the more you put around, the more trouble they could mm-hmm. theoretically cause should problems arise. Uh, you get the feeling there are probably a few others of kind of Bo-Katan's rank or skill bouncing around the system, but it's probably just Decimus and Bo-Katan who are official Arbites here. Otherwise, it's just a small force. Uh, they're carrying combat shotguns. Their carapace is a little bit lighter than you expect to see from Bo-Katan when he was sitting at the table or the other Arbites but it's still impressive. It's the equivalent of the military stuff. It's just clearly in their own kind of street cop SWAT team style. They're wearing helmets that cover their eyes. They have like a little RoboCop eye slit in them, but their mouths are Batman style open. So you can have an actual Mm. conversation with them. Uh, Also, just because I love the Dread movie, they have the Imperial Eagle head wings on their shoulders because that's still the fucking coolest armor design for Eagle cops there's (laughs) ever been. So they have those because I want them Excellent. Uh, as you approach, they just say, halt, citizen. How can we help you? Um, and I kind of like go to speak and then kind of cough because I'm not, <laughs> it's weird having your voice enhanced. Um, and and I just kind of stand before them, just kind of very confidently um, and say, I have urgent intel for chasing our Bokatan. Did he ask for it? What clearances do you have? And I basically just like open my cape and like reveal the rosette. Holy fuck. Okay. Uh, And I close it very quickly. Oh, shit. Uh, Yes, you can absolutely see Bo-Katan. And he just turns to the woman next to him in armor and he's like, you got to take them in like right now. Like, no. And you see she wants to ask questions. He's like, no fucking questions. Just take them. Shut up. Uh, And She turns and they just march you in. There's actually a littler door in the big door. Clearly they have the door that's intended, but you realize it's actually built into the structure and it's a lie. They just have two regular kind of Mm. room to room door sized doors built into it. Uh, You're walked through that and find yourself in an elevator right away. You get the feeling that this actually entire front facade is just a way to draw people into attacking a facade that would not get them into the building. Mm. Uh, And they blast you up quickly several stories. No one checks you for weapons. Warden gets a pass. There's no problem. Uh, you you hit a top floor. You don't see any more, like the lights go up on the little shitty square buttons that are lined with human bone of prisoners. Uh, hit the top floor and find the door opens to what would be a bullpen, only there's no one in it. There clearly are desks laid out for a bullpen. You get the idea that this may be where every Arbites of actual rank has an official desk, but none Mm -hmm. of them are serving in this building currently. You're marched forward by the female enforcer to the end of the bullpen where there's the traditional almost sergeant of the police door. It's even got the slatted windows inside, only the handle is also the skull of a prisoner. You get the sense that when people are sentenced to death, even the idea of putting their bones to work appeals to the Arbites as a method of penance to the emperor. Uh, it however, appeals to Piper too, to be clear. Wonderful. <laughs> uh, the enforcer uh, knocks uh, and you just, you're like, let him in. And the door opens and you and Warden step into a small cop office, uh, kind of what you would expect at first, where you see a desk and the other things. Only the wall behind the desk, which is full of, you know, knickknacks and books and things like that, uh, parts with a pneumatic hiss. And it opens up into a vast granite uh, space with a large desk, a lot of harsh right angles in all of the architecture. It's clearly been shaped to shrink down towards this desk in a menacing way. So when you look at the room, you get a sense of large, looming, ominous importance uh, and it all centers on one figure, which is Chasener Bo-Katan, uh, with his helmet off, sitting in a full plate, writing at a desk that would be the size of a car. But hmm. behind it, he is just sitting there with a small uh, cogitator and physical reports that he's writing on. And he just waves you forward with one hand. Uh, as you step forward, however, you hear eight shotguns racked uh, from behind you, all of them aimed at you and Warden. And as you look around, you realize this is an ambush. 
Spinning forwards, you see Chasener Bokatan has a bolt pistol in his hand. Perfect. Aimed directly at you. Great. And he, says, <laughs> and he says, that's a nice fucking costume you got there, but here's the deal. You forgot about dumbass in the back looking exactly the same. You're banished from this world and you came back, which <laughs> means you're going to be in some shit now. And I just, I said, like, I, I'm sorry, I'm literally with the Inquisition. This episode of the Valentine Heresy features Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter as Interrogator Nero Abignale, Laura Hamstra at EL Hamstring on Twitter as Piper Fairley, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter as Seth Corbin, Del Borvik at Deltastic on Twitter as Sister Olien Mina, and our game master Ryan Laplante at the Ryan Laplante on Twitter. This episode was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra, and the Valentine Heresy's artwork was created by Del Borvik at delborvik.com, D-E-L-B-O-R-O-V-I-C. Our theme song is The Hordes by Megan McDuffie, and our ads use the tracks No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar, J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R, available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are at dumdumdice, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. We have merch dice available at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice. And most importantly, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-D-I-C-E. Are they Imperator and death to all the heretics? Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. Christian Manicola, the half-blind prophet. Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby. One True Artistry, Orion Birchfield. Lorda Bradovic, Noel Lewis, Scott Garland, Anthony Griffin, Jordan Neesmith, Benjamin V, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Cade Peters, Richard Cranium, Anna Zed, Eric Williams, Logan, Fire Unfriendly, Acrix, Cameron Ezel, Grandma Likes D&D, Austin Nut Powers Fry, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network where fiction producers flourish. This is routine update log number six for Dr. Edison Tucker concerning my research into the town of Jerusalem, Oregon, and the existence of the supernatural, paranormal, mythological, etc., etc., blah, blah, blah. Anyway, since arriving, I've definitely encountered some stuff that could be classified under weird ass. I mean, where else does putting lamb's blood on people's doorways actually work as pest control? And nobody in town will talk to me about the picnic area near Lincoln's farm. Although, could be because everybody thinks I'm one of those monster hunting idiots. Which I'm not, okay? I am an experienced professional who takes my work extremely seriously, and I am going to prove this if it's the last thing I ever- oh, Dr. Tucker, what have I told you about keeping samples in the fridge? Although, to be honest, I think the biggest mystery on my hands is how I'm going to survive living with Lucille Kensington, stuck-up extraordinaire. So, if you guys don't hear from me again, it wasn't something in the woods that got me. Probably. Where the Stars Fell. Available now wherever podcasts are found.